Hi there, I'm Stan Baker, one of the hosts of Circle Forum, along with Shelley Steele and Steve Young. In this episode, we're tackling a crucial issue for all school leaders, namely easing teacher stress. Using an Education Week article on what leaders can do to alleviate pressures on our educators, we discuss that it's about listening to understand, asking great questions, and creating a space for teachers to share their experiences. It's very doable using a restorative approach as your how-to. At the end of this episode, be sure to visit our website, www.restorative.ca. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And let's head over to the discussion now with Shelley, Steve, and me, Stan. Education Week article, what can leaders do to ease teacher stress? First thing they suggest listen to teachers rocket science right absolutely but i think this it goes a little deeper than that sam it listening is important absolutely but as a leader asking the right questions sometimes and then not jumping in to solve problems but simply like that, that idea of listening to what's going on in the classrooms what's going on this week next week the weeks weeks leading up what's causing you and and then simply listening but and whether that's with on a one-to-one conversation with a teacher or talking to a bunch of teachers in the hallway at the end of the day, or even during a very formal staff meeting kind of thing. Ask those ask the right questions, but then make sure you sit back and listen to what they're saying and don't feel the need to respond right away. And that's all part of the restorative practice work that we talk about in terms of asking the right questions and listening. The old adage, you got two ears and one mouth, you should listen twice as much as you talk. I think it's more than twice as much, to be honest, especially if you've got a lot of teachers. And if sometimes their stress is reduced simply by the fact that you've given them time to just talk. And the whole article is about relieving stress amongst teachers. Just the talk time, whether you come up with a solution or not at the end, is irrelevant. The fact that you've even asked the question, give them time to talk, maybe what some of them need. And that's what the article talks about is the disconnect between what the demands and then the capacity of what's being provided and not consulting with them, right? Making decisions based on other factors without including the factor of the, in the classroom or the frontline um, piece of things. And that's what you're saying, Steve, I think is that just by them having their voice heard, knowing that's a piece within the mix of decisions, then that would lessen some of that disconnect that they can hear their voice in the decisions that are made. So restorative practice questions really addresses that listening to teachers aspect. How does restorative practice nurture that school climate of self-care? And that one really talks about boundaries, right? So professional boundaries and when it's time to shut off or when is it time, what's my prep period or so that that those times are honored, right? That's the self-care they're talking about there. Yeah, and, and unions have jumped in on this for years, um, and rightly so, that teachers' personal time, their preparation time, their breaks, their lunchtime, have been in, have been impacted for years by leaders to the point where now it has to be written into contracts. And the fact that teachers now have it written up that they must have a 40-minute uninterrupted lunch 
That's only because people were asking them to do stuff at lunch and they got tired of having been asked to do stuff at lunch. So let's put it in a contract. But so now we have to honor that. And that's fine. But we also know that teachers don't necessarily honor that with other teachers too. And so somehow that within your leadership in the building is how do we establish that those boundaries for everybody? So if I'm teacher A and I'm constantly being interrupted by teacher B during my 40 minute uninterrupted lunch, how do I address that? How do I, what skills have those teachers got to say, you know what, I'm on my lunch. Can we talk about this another time? It's easy for administrators because we're in a different group. Hey, you're my principal. You're not supposed to be in here asking me to do stuff during my lunchtime. But it's hard for teachers amongst themselves to, to follow those own boundaries. So having that discussion about boundaries as a staff, what a great way to bring into bring to light some of the stresses that people are feeling and I'm sure if you open it up to staff, somebody is going to say, you know what, I want my 40 minutes. I don't want anybody interrupting me, not just the, the principal or parents. I mean, anybody. And so people will hear that and go, hey, you're right. I'm the one that's always in their classroom. So we have to have those conversations. And it allows people to hear the message from the from their colleagues. As well. And restorative practices then is about respecting the limits. That's the firm. And then the fair, which is the support. The third suggestion is that principals and leaders take a trauma-informed approach. Now, this fits right in with restorative practices, right? When I saw that, I thought, isn't that interesting? We, this is what we've been talking about, what students need for, gosh, a decade now, right? But somehow, we don't always transfer, even with restorative practices, we don't transfer what's good and great for the kids, and we all agree on, to the adults in the building. And that one being trauma-informed in how we work with teachers and staff really speaks to that. We don't know what people are carrying necessarily into the building. And so being open and that you don't have all the solutions and that you need to listen and being cautious of language sometimes or expectations and being trauma-informed in your approach with staff members the same way as you would with a student the same sort of checklist you should be going through in your mind as you're approaching topics. There was a really good uh, video that came out many years ago. I mean, there's new videos out all the time, right? I don't know if I can even find it or know what it was called anymore. And it, it was a short clip of um, recognizing trauma in, in students. And they, they showed all these students showing up at a high school. And as each one came for, with various things, they would put a little thought bubble or a little piece beside it saying, this student is the only one in his family to ever go get graduate high school. This student has to work three other jobs to support his family. Or this student who's on crutches just broke his ankle and lost his scholarship to a university. So they talk about the stresses on kids. And then as the, the video progressed, they'd show these kids talking to the teachers. And then the thought bubble would say, with the teachers, husband just lost his job and they might lose their house. Daughter just tried to commit suicide. And it's to give the impression, give the idea that adults are going through some of these things too. It's not just the kids in our school. And I remember showing that video numerous times at workshops and teachers in the room going, isn't that about time somebody recognized that we have stressors in our lives too. And we're going through stuff too. It's not just the kids. And so as a leader in the school, you have to recognize, and you're right, Shelley, who knows what baggage they're bringing in and how their weekend went. And we may know a lot about a particular teacher and their family, but we don't know what happened that weekend. And all of a sudden, Monday morning, they show up 
And just like we say to teachers with kids, do your check-ins. If you see they're looking a little bit down or something, maybe there's something going on. As a, as a principal or administrator, do the same with your staff. Do your walk around on Monday morning. And if you see a teacher who's usually effervescent and bubbly and all of a sudden they're just sitting staring at their desk, something's going on. And maybe that's where some kind of a conversation or some an informed approach needs to be taken to find out just what's going on. And back to originally, maybe they just need five minutes to talk about it. And they might feel a whole lot better. That, hey, thanks for noticing. Thanks for asking. I feel better now. And then they can get through their day. But it's that that trauma-informed approach, it's not assuming that everything is right and rosy just because they're adults, that things go on and we need to understand that and maybe intervene in a very sensitive way when we think it looks like some of our, our teachers or some of our staff in our building may be struggling. Quick story. I was called into a school where there were seven support staff, all educational assistants who were not getting along very well. As a matter of fact, it was getting in the way of their work. And in the preparation for a circle that we were going to do, I found that each one of them had a major trauma. I'm talking about some, one of them had a miscarriage. Another one's husband had just suffered a stroke. Another one's partner had a significant illness. There was a separation dealing with crisis in a teenage child and it just went on and on and i came home from that and said holy smokes no wonder there was all this conflict they're just carrying all this stuff and the principal was unaware of any of it and part of the resolution was to to first of all make people as much as they were comfortable aware of what was going on so that they could set up a the stage to be able to work together. One fourth suggestion that is made in this article that I think restorative practices can also help with, and that is just providing the time for teachers to be able to talk to each other. And that's definitely something that principals can do. Yeah, and that, there's less and less time for meetings. And I think as administrators, we're being forced to, or being pushed to cover certain topics during meetings to the point where most staff meetings now are laid on topics from somewhere else and PA days are the same. You get these PowerPoints and we go through them all. But I think as a leader, you have to find that time and carve that time out for your staff to meet. The thing that I've noticed in most schools, you know, you probably know this too, is that teachers will develop their own informal support networks. Essentially it's, you know, they find the people that they, they can get along with, the people that they like to converse with and they meet and you'll see them sitting in a classroom at the end of the day, four or five, six of them just chatting away. During PA days, that's they all go out for lunch with the groups that they all want to be with. And that's okay. There's nothing you can do about that. You don't want to stop it. But it's just like with kids, let's give them the skills somewhere along the way to, to have conversations. And so if at a staff meeting or on a PA day, we do some of this work on how to ask questions and how to listen to each other and how to set boundaries with each other, it'll be you'd be amazed at how much of that will translate into their own uh, support networks and their own conversations. Because teachers will realize that having those 10 minute conversations in the hallway at the end of the day with four or five of their colleagues is really important to their mental health and their well-being. And it's not about solving some problem necessarily or just the right time, but it makes you feel better at the end of the day, like I've had a chance to talk. But as we get busier and busier in education, we have to we can't lose sight of the fact that some of that time is very valuable and it may not seem to be valuable during a staff meeting when you only have 75 minutes and we're going to give them 20 minutes to just talk amongst themselves. 
but it might be worth it because that mm -hmm. 20 minutes may set up the other 50 minutes to be very productive. Yeah, just allowing the structure. We're talking about the baggage that might be coming in with people, but there's also professional struggles, right? And allowing that space and time to support each other. And we've talked about this before within a staff meeting, doing a, a five-step circle around a professional struggle somebody's having. So there's ways to build time in that skills will support people that, that won't that will do deal more with um, professional topics, but they'll still, still feel very supported by that and know that this is a space that we can have those discussions when I don't feel like I'm connecting or I don't feel like my message is getting through to the kids that I want. Restorative approaches can ease teacher stress in ways that can transform the school learning environment. Remember, restorative practice is not just about the students. It's about fostering a healthy environment for the adults in your school building as well. Consider the impact you can have as an educational leader by truly listening, by fostering self-care, and by implementing a trauma-informed restorative practice. Find out more about our work at www.restorative.ca. Email me, stan at restorative.ca. Let's use these restorative conversations with teachers to ease their stress and create a supportive school climate for students and for them, the teachers. Mm -hmm.